I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back, mamas. I'm so excited to share today's podcast with you. I've only ever interviewed two other men for this podcast. One, Dr. Justin Coulson, an amazing parenting expert, and the other, Dr. Oscar Serilac, the world-leading magician who is teaching us all about postnatal depletion. But today's interview is very different. Today, I am bringing you a conversation with a dad and a husband who is committed to showing up differently in his family and supporting the massive transformation that his wife has gone through in the last few years as she has come out of early motherhood and asked, what am I here for? I followed Damien on Instagram and when I read his words and saw what he was trying to do, which is change the conversation around what it means to support your partner and be a great father, I knew I needed to bring him on here for all of you. Over the years, thousands of you have told me about how much you struggle to have these conversations with your partner how to communicate what you're feeling, how you're changing, how to get them on board with how you're changing. I hope this conversation with Damien is the start of something you can bring up in your own relationships too. I'll give you more details at the end, but as soon as you finish this podcast, please jump on Instagram and have a look at the Wingman Collective and to follow along on this redefining of what it means to be a man, a partner, and a father. This is the Happy Mama Movement, a weekly podcast dedicated to changing the conversation about what it means to be a mother and a woman in this day and age. I'm Amy Taylor-Cabaz, author, mama, and former journalist. After spending 15 years chasing news and burning myself out trying to be superwoman, I realized that I was chasing a dream that no longer served me. And since then, have dedicated myself to understanding the transition that we go through as women when our whole identity shifts with motherhood. Every week, I will bring you the very best insights and inspiration I can find to help us all 
change the way we feel about this time in our lives and create a movement that allows us to honour motherhood differently. Damien, thank you so much for joining the podcast. I have been so looking forward to picking your brain and hearing your story. I'm really grateful you said yes. That's great. It's finally good to, uh, to see you in person. Yes. So as I explained in the introduction, I really wanted to get you on the podcast because for many years now, I have been listening to women all over the world in the first few years of motherhood as they try and really figure out who they are and uh, go through this massive transformation, this real personal growth period. And so many of them, thousands have said to me over the years, but what about my partner? How do I talk to him about it? Or he's really struggling with the changes he sees in me. I don't know what to do. And then the biggest one, if my husband's interested in this, who should he go and listen to, Amy? And I've never been able to find someone who can really reflect in a way that I appreciated how to not only support their partner as women go through these huge changes, but also then work on themselves as well. So this is why I've been so excited to get you on the podcast. Excellent. That sounds awesome. So let's dive in. Let's dive in about the Wingman Collective. Where do we start with this story, Damien? So I created the Wingman Collective probably eight months ago to uh, share my growth, my own personal growth. Um, It was created to, I suppose, share my breakaway from those stereotypical roles that we were brought up with, Um, you know, the roles that uh, dictate who cooks and who cleans and uh, who stays home, who works, who's the breadwinner. Um, But I also wanted to give uh, a bit of an insight into corporate toxicity, uh, I suppose, and just the need for men to be um, present both mentally and physically for their families um, and, and children. Oh, my goodness. Already, I love what you say. It's really interesting. I was just looking at a post on social media today that was questioning why we always ask women about their plans to have a family, um, interviews and in media, and that we should stop doing that. And I actually jumped in with my comment and said, or why don't we start asking men that? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really scary question for a guy. Mm. Why? Well, I found it's the roles we were brought up with that dictates, obviously, who we are now. And unless there is a want for change, um, you can carry that, I suppose, generational sexism onto the next generation and the next generation. Um, I I had a great uh, upbringing, don't get me wrong, but, you know, I I just wanted to change the fact that my father was never around. Uh, He always worked. Uh, Mum stayed home. um, And um, and there was very defined roles. uh, in, in, in my upbringing um, and then obviously uh, when I got married um, you know um, through a series of events I found that um, that, that my wife uh, didn't want to be in that role and so we needed to change my thinking um, from my upbringing to ensure that that happened um, and that, that she made a real crack of it. So tell me about that when that first conversation started to come up about the stereotypical relationship that you had or, and the roles that you had almost inherited, was it hard to admit that there was that assumption? Oh, absolutely it was. Like, you know, we've been together, you know, 17 years and we've got four beautiful children, but 
you know, our journey really took a detour when Danielle wanted to start her own business. Um, you know, I, I was a provider. Um, you know, no one told me that our future um, would involve Danielle working on a full-time basis or away from the kids. And, um, you know, I, I really struggled with uh, that. Well, um, in fact, I wrote a list and I remember the list um, that I wrote after pondering, you know, and it was quite a selfish list that I wrote. And, you know, one thing I found, and I'm probably going to jump a little bit everywhere, but there is a point um, to this, but um, several years ago, actually, no, it, was, it might have only been 12 months ago, um, I overheard Danielle talking to someone um, about her needing three or four days to come up uh, with a conversation piece that would um, allow her to be comfortable in talking to me about her wanting to go back and study and, and, and start a career. Uh, and it almost broke my heart to think that, you know, the, the, the woman that I love, the person whom I married, the person who I've got children with, um, didn't feel that she could come and talk to me about her wanting a career um, out of fear of my reaction, you know. And, and, and I just remember when she did talk to me about that, I did, I, I, it was like five things. And, and, and it was almost like, you want to do what? That was the first one. How will this affect me, Mr. Selfish? You know, dinner's at 6.30. Who's going to do the shopping? Who's going to do the washing? Who's going to do the house? How will this affect the family? Um, you know, I'm the provider. The kids need you. And then the last one was, well, what about my weekends? And that was another sort of selfish um, um, thing. So, um, you know, all, 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 all that aside, uh, Danielle, uh we had some counselling um, sessions many, many years ago. This is before I sort of started my growth. In fact, this could have been the start of my growth. Um, and I remember Danielle saying that um, she, uh, she, she didn't think that she had anything to give this world other than being a wife and a mum. Mm-hmm. And that there had to be more than this and that she thought she was selfish for wanting more. Now, that, um, it took me years to understand um, the pain behind that statement. Um, and I, and, you know, I had two choices, you know, I could dig my heels in and revert to those conventional roles that we were brought up with, um, or I could stand behind her and become a bigger supporter, no matter what the outcome. I mean, you know, my thought process then was that we're only here once in this life. Um, and you, you may want to be a mother. You may want to be a wife. You might, you might want a career, you know, you might want to break the shackles of those roles. Um, so why not? You know, I, I don't think anyone should ever need permission to follow a goal or chase a dream oh but can I say I'm sure every woman listening right now had the same reaction those five things that you wrote down to be so honest and courageous to share that with all of us is is amazing because I know that that's what so many think and and it's not just a a male reaction but to have that um, honesty is really, really powerful. Thank you. When you when you hear those things stated so clearly, it does sound selfish, but the truth is, is that when there's two people in a marriage or in a relationship trying to make ends meet and trying to make kids healthy and happy, it does feel like, what about my weekend? How are we going to do this? It, that's, that's the reality in this modern world sometimes though, isn't it? That's right. So what do we do about that? Well, I think, um, you know, I, uh, what do we do about that? So 
when when Danielle initially started studying uh, and um and and then started working and started mixing with the circle that she mixed with, I, I saw a change in her that uh, I, I, that was amazing. It, it was almost like that there, there there was an inner entrepreneur that had been there the whole time, um, and it was really exciting to watch her growth. Um, and so that made me then go back to that list and, and look at, I suppose, the selfishness behind that list. And, and I said to someone the other week, I said, you know, I'm not going to apologize for um, the way I initially reacted because that was my upbringing. But once I recognized that, um, it was my opportunity to change and change the trajectory, not only of myself, but all of my son. I've got a, a son and, and three daughters um, and, and they're, they're thinking as well. Um, so, you know, I, I decided back then, you know, I wanted to stand beside her and, and, and I started thinking, well, you know, what about all the, the guys that I know that go to the pub every Friday night and then their reaction might be, well, you want me to look after the kids on a Friday night? It's, it's pub night with my mates. And so my, my conversation with someone, you know, the other week was, well, why don't you go to the pub every second week? Why does it need to be every week? You know? And so that straight away gives one night a week that their partner can go off and do something, whether it be something for personal growth or just to have some personal space or, you know, but also more importantly, um, it's a chance for, for the guys to, to bond with their children um, like never before. Uh, you know, get, get out of the work, know that on a Friday night or a Saturday night or a Thursday night or whatever, that it's their chance to have the kids um, and, and, you know, make it memorable, make it special. And, and, and my, my relationship with my children um, has never been better than what it was now that I sort of stepped up and started, you know, being a father again. So what did that look like? Did you change roles? Did you have to have those conversations with your workplace? Because um, in my situation, we've been um, trying to juggle this for a number of years and to the point where a number of years ago, I ended up walking away from my career in the media because both of us working full-time in such stressful jobs just wasn't possible with three children. So a lot of those roles then fell almost unconsciously back on me again because I was now the one at home. But often my husband would say, yes, but I don't live, I don't work in a place where I can go in and say, one of the kids has been vomiting all night. I can't come in. It's this assumption of the masculine identity in, within the workplace we need to change too. It is. And, and what you said, the word assumption, and, and I believe that's what it is. Yes. If you went into work and said, hey, you know what, my kid is sick and I'm going to work from home today, I don't think that there'd be an employer today who would dare say to you, well, you can't do that because we need you here. With all the, the internet, the email and all that kind of thing that's going on these days, um, you know, I think um, it's, 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 it's quite balanced. Um, I agree. Don't you think, though, Damien, there's an assumption? It's, 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 um, I talk a lot about in matrescence, this transformation a woman goes through when she becomes a mother, that we often have to really redefine our identity, like our core identity shifts so much. And I wonder if this is not the same thing that happens with men in the sense of their boss might be okay with them staying home and working on the computer because one of their kids is sick, but they don't almost want to be seen as that person. They struggle with that identity shift. Yeah, and, and look, and you're right there too, but that could also be, um, you know, the hole that broke the dam as well, that um, that everyone else is sitting back waiting for someone else who might be influential to do the same thing. Um, and it just opens the floodgates and all of a sudden we've got a heap of blokes that are, are, are pretty cool with staying home looking after the kids or even asking um, uh, um, um, for permission to do that. 
And that's why I love what you're doing. That's why I wanted you on the podcast because when I saw what you were doing, I thought, these are the conversations we should be having with the men as well as the women. So what has this looked like for you in reality? How has things changed for you? You talked a lot about the, the generational assumptions of what it meant to be the provider. Yeah. And the growth that you've had to go through yourself. What has that looked like? What have you done for yourself to change that? So I've recognised that, um, you know, Danielle was the perfect corporate wife for 15 years and I need to now, um, I suppose not use the word repay it, but I, I need now to um, show her that I can be, you know, a fantastic corporate husband as well, even though I'm working. So so my working week, you know, um, prior to this change, you know, I'd, I'd be on my way home, I'd ring and say I was on my way home and I'd get home and dinner, it would be at home and that was all happy and the kids would be fed by 6.30 and that was my, you know, uh, I suppose my subconscious want. Now, it doesn't matter how late I'm working, I know I'm going to go to the supermarket on the way home. I'm going to ring and say, hey, what do you want for dinner? And nine times out of 10, I'll come home and I'll actually cook while Danielle's on the computer um, and, and get the kids tea. So I know I'm going to do that. So I don't have any issues or reservations about doing that. Therefore, that's a non-issue. Um, whereas, you know, a lot of people I know, especially friends of mine, uh, are like, well, what do you mean you get dinner on the way home? What, why isn't it there ready for you when you get home? And then it's, I'm at pains to explain why I do that. But I think it, most of the time it's an unconscious programming, isn't it? I know that within my own relationship, he, it, it's, it's just this questioning of the status quo that we seem to fall back into without, he would never have wanted to do that. This isn't what we thought our lives would look like, but just survival. We end up falling back into these old patterns. And that's what we need to question. Why does it have to be that way? Why can't mm. you be that way? Yes. Yeah, and, and so I, I think from my point of view, if, if, if anyone else had known Danielle as long as I did and saw her growth gain um, over the last couple of years, then you would have no issue um, trying anything you could um, to keep her going on that trajectory and sitting back and being proud of her. I've, I've got no issues now, um, you know, spending the weekend with the kids at home while she works, if she has to work. There's no, in fact, I look forward to it. And I look forward also to, from a relationship point of view, of giving her that space. Um, and that space could be her going out for a massage. That space could be her going to the local um, uh, co-sharing co work um, 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 joint to, to, to work for a couple of hours or work for the day. Um, you know, but it's really important that she has that space as well to, to create what she wants. And which brings me to one of the posts that you shared, which I just loved and I'm going to read for everyone uh, to hear. You know she doesn't need you, right? But she wants you and that's way more electrifying. Male evolution is on the right path when you're excited at the realisation that she doesn't actually need anyone on this journey, but she chooses you. Do the things that make her choose you, then celebrate the fuck out of that choice. Evolve with her, match her growth, wake up every day to her glorious newfound independence, trust her, trust the journey. Wow. That, yep. that, is, that is, as you've described it, the male evolution. This isn't about women. Or it's not about us needing or not needing. It's just this choice because you're there to make each other the best you possibly can be. 
So but that wasn't the same at the start. Yeah. So I had this, I, I suppose, this epiphany. And, and if I look back at when we were first together um, and I was in corporate and, and, you know, Danielle needed me for, uh, uh, I suppose, a wage and income while she was finding her feet. She needed me to be able to afford a house, um, you know, and, and, and that's not, um, I suppose, denigrating or degrading her in any way, but that was our situation, whereas I was, I was the breadwinner. Um, and, um, but watching her grow over the last few years, she doesn't need me anymore, but she chooses to be with me. And that is one of the most electrifying feelings I've ever had in my life, that she's now on her two feet, she's earning her own income. Um, and I'm matching her growth game. Therefore, our relationship is the best it has been in, se- in over 17 years. Um, and it wouldn't be the same if I didn't want to match her growth or if I tried to keep her small or, or you know, we had more and more teething issues in the start. So, you know, that, that, was, that was really powerful um, for me to write that. But I had a lot of feedback similar to yourself um, over that post. Yes, it's really powerful. It really is. So I don't know how you feel about giving advice <laughs> with all of this just yet, but if there are women listening, and hopefully I would love this podcast to be shared with the men as well, and you want to have a conversation about, a bit like Danielle shared in that counselling all those years ago of, I don't know what else there is, I feel a bit lost, I, I want to go on this growth, I want to discover who I am outside of this current situation we're in, which is what a lot of women feel once the babies grow a little bit. They come on the other side and think, oh, who am I now? How do, how do we talk to our partners about that? Well, I think um, it's incumbent on you to you know, discuss both your desires and your wants and your goals, and therefore you're both in the same frame of mind. But you need to be really, really open about it. Um, you know, it's it's not going to work, and this might be a new business venture, and I'm, and I'm sort of relating this to Danielle, but it's not going to work if she's not supported to work it. Um, you know, I, I know guys who have actively, actively sabotaged um, a, a journey um, just to keep it back to the way it was comfortable for them. You know, but I think it's just, it's really important that you've got to discuss what you want to do and where you want to be and, um, and, and, you know, there's got to be um, your guy or your partner is open to change and open to see, you know, what the possibilities are. And just listening to the way you've described what you've been through, I guess there's also a bit of, would you say, compassion and understanding that perhaps the first reaction is not always the true reaction. It might come from fear, from old programming, from the way that you grew up. So to almost be patient with it. I, I think um, I think you've got to let your brain kick in before your mouth does. I've found um, <laughs> quite often, and and don't say the first thing you're thinking. And and you know one one of the things that we do um, is, and we learnt this from Brene Brown, um, is that if we do have an issue, we started off with this is the story the story I'm telling myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and we go into this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm feeling. Um, but I, I've learned um, through my own mistakes to, um, you know, Danielle um, will free fall um, and she'll engage and without thinking about the whole story. And you can quite easily react and sort of shoot it down. But I sit back now uh, and, and just listen and listen and listen. And, you know, it's, that's what it's about. It's all about 
you know, listening and understanding and um, um, just, just, I suppose, look, believing, um, you know, in, in us and the relationship. And what about resources or things that you've, you've done a lot of work on yourself? So if there was um, a partner listening or someone who really wanted to understand more about how to reframe what it means to be um, a male nowadays, to reframe that corporate sexism, to reframe your role within the family and in a relationship, are there any key resources you've used over the last few years to really help you? I, I use me. Mm. Um, I, I'm not an expert in anything. I, I share my own story and my own growth. Uh, and I have people re- reaching out to me, virtually giving me my story back, but in their own words about where they are, what their fears are, why they're scared, um, their upbringing, um, you know, their, their fear that they may not be able to match the growth of their partner, therefore their partner might leave. And there's a lot of, of, of fear-based um, questions I get as well, uh, and, and I get them almost every day. So that's, that's my resource, is, is me, um, and, um, and I have no issues whatsoever with anyone reaching out. Um, you know, if I can help you know, one person break that role or one person show their son um, a, a different way, um, then, then you know, everything I've done has been a success. Wow. Wow, I, t- I agree. I started the same, just sort of sharing my story and then mama started coming back and sharing it back to me and it's grown from there. So I really hope that the Wingman Collective just gains such momentum. It is so needed, Damien. Thank you for your honesty and your insights. It's really powerful. That's great. And, and it, was, it was fantastic um, sharing that. Yeah, thank you. What an honour it was to share that conversation with Damien and to bring it all to you now. I believe that matrescence is not only an opportunity for us as women to redefine what it means to be a mother and a woman, but is also an opportunity for us to look at our stereotypical assumptions of parenthood within a relationship. Please jump on Instagram and follow the Wingman Collective and reach out to Damien and let him know what you thought of this podcast. And as he said to me afterwards, if anyone wants to talk to him about these changes he's made in his life, he would be honoured to hear from them. Thanks for sharing this conversation. Please spread it far and wide. Until next week, Satnam. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.